This program is produced by listener-supported KFUO Radio. Your support during KFUO share is vital to the continuation of great programs like this one. If you appreciate this program, please consider what you can give to support the ongoing ministry of KFUO Radio and this program. You can make a gift sending a text to the number 41444. Enter KFUO as the message. You'll get a text right back that walks you through the steps on your phone and it takes just a minute or two. You can also visit KFUO.org and click on the donate button or give Mary a call at 314-996-1518. Thanks for listening and supporting KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. anywhere. Alleluia, saints of our Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. A blessed Easter to all of you as we come together this Wednesday, April the 20th, as the light of Christ's resurrection shines on us as we study and pray Psalm 128. We have gotten through all of Matthew, and kind of sad because it was really um, a blast to be able to study Matthew with many different guests. Throughout the whole month of March, I had a new guest every single day, and it was an opportunity to not only hear of the ministry around the world, but also to see how God's Word is proclaimed faithfully around the world, literally. And so that is something for us as we take a break from that, we take a step back and go to the Psalms. Like I said, Psalm 128, and it begins by saying, blessed is everybody everyone who fears the Lord. And that's something that we often don't um, think about is uh, fearing the Lord. Like, what do you mean? Am I supposed to be scared? Am I not want to be in the presence of God? Um, how does this look? And But it tells us in the small catechism, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So what does it mean for us? That'd be one of our questions, uh, to fear the Lord. At the same time, what does it mean to be blessed? I'm, is it be blessed, loads of cash, perfect health, perfect hair? We'll tackle all of that today, and we'll put on our Christ goggles, open our Bibles, and we'll start praying for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us be strengthened by God's Word, we welcome back regular guest, the Reverend Dr. Nathan Metter, Executive Assistant for Mission and Mercy for the South Wisconsin District in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I believe he is on. Pastor Metter, are you here? He is not here. <laughs> Never mind. So, okay. Well, when he comes on, I will let you know. Assuming I'm on, I am on. Okay, very good. See, I want to start this way. Is tomorrow begins share And that's the time each year in late April, typically, that we here at KFUO celebrate the Lord's blessings for many, many years on KFUO, especially this past year through the proclamation of the gospel, working side by side with congregations to make sure that this gospel is proclaimed throughout the world. And for us, one of the great joys we've had on Thy Strong Word is that we have had guests from over 35, no, excuse me, 
40 different states of the United States of America. We've had four different countries. We've had listeners who have written in from 40 to 41, excuse me, different states from five different countries since I started in January of 2021. And that is a great blessing to know that we are proclaiming the gospel, not replacing the church, but working side by side with the church to proclaim Christ and him crucified for you anytime, anywhere. And that's what I encourage you tomorrow and Friday to listen in as we have great guest, Pastor Stephen Tice, who is a regular guest here, will be on tomorrow. And on Friday, we'll have the Reverend Dr. John Ferguson of Peace Lutheran Church, who will be here as well. His church has been a church of the week for many years. They, they published, not published, excuse me, they have their worship service on Saturday here on KFUO and a great supporter of the work we do here at KFUO. But I believe we have Pastor, the Reverend Dr. Nathan. Nathan Metteron, are you on now? I think I am. <laughs> this is great. So happy Easter All president and welcome accounted back. For, sir. All president <laughs> accounted for, sir. You are um, here. So, Pastor, I was just talking about uh Sherathon, and you've been a guest. I don't even know if you know how many years you've been a guest. Do you have any idea how long you've been on KFUO? I know exactly when my first appearance on KFUO was. I was in wow. the old Studio A on the third Monday of September, 2006. And I have been, I have been a guest on every iteration of this program since then, almost monthly. Uh, And at one point in the, when we were still on campus at the seminary, uh, I I was kind of the de facto uh, guest host for just the, let's put it this way. The only program in the, in the regular lineup that I didn't guest host or a guest host was issues. And I, and I've appeared on issues. So I've been on just about every program time slot. So you, you either I mean, I'm either good or you guys eventually reach the bottom of the barrel and we got to put somebody on because dead air is bad radio. So. And here it is. You've been proclaiming the word from the beginning of your time with us. So, Pastor, since you've been on so long, you've been a guest here. What blessings have you seen through the proclamation of the word throughout your time on KFUL? Oh, it's it's been a tremendous thing to to uh, to enhance the uh, the work of the local congregation. You know, I was I was able to hear a little bit. You know, you're right. KFUO, uh, just like KFUO since the beginning. You know, oldest religious broadcasting station west of the Mississippi. Uh, you know, since its very beginnings from the 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 rooftop, the attic of the old seminary down on Jefferson. Uh, you know, it, it is it's been a supplement to the work of the local congregation. I can remember as my as my uh, uh, grandparents were aging, uh, living over in Edwardsville, KFUO was a lifeline to the church, uh, but but it's never a replacement. Uh, just like just like uh, um, uh, just like uh, online worship isn't a replacement; it's an enhancement. Uh, but it, it's it's allowed us to to share a commonality. You get to hear, especially with these broadcasts like like this one, uh, Thy Strong Word. You get to hear the the diverse gifts that God has given through the different pastors in the church. So we don't all sound like Walter A. Meyer, or we don't all sound like Dale Meyer, we don't all sound like Brady Finneran, and thanks be to God, we don't sound like Nathan Metter. You know, and, and uh, so so you you see the diverse ways that, that 
that the Lord uh, speaks through uh, speaks through the church uh, in different uh, different settings. Uh, we've had the opportunity, even for a short time, for three months, uh, we were able to expand outside of the St. Louis area. We actually, when I was at, as the senior pastor in St. John in Plymouth, uh, we had the opportunity to be the uh, the early the the uh, early service on the Sunday morning broadcast all the way from Plymouth uh, on on the air and then worldwide. So it, it's been a tremendous thing. It gives you a better idea of just how blessed we are as a church body, um, how diverse we are, and yet how how focused we are on that great central truth of, of who Christ is and what he has done for us in his death and resurrection, you know, especially now as we live in this, uh, this uh, the, the, the afterglow and ongoing afterglow of the resurre- festival of the resurrection that is Easter. Well, thanks be to God for that. Thank you for uh, those words. And I like how you said it because too often we we defined, um, I want to say variety, diversity, whatever the words you want to use as a certain subset. But really, I've been amazed at this is how unique every guest that I've had on is on and how each one of them brings a blessing, obviously, because it's God's word, but also the way that God uses them with their unique skills and abilities. And that's one of the great blessings we have here in KFUO. They were able to expand, like you said, beyond St. Louis. And now, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and Pastor Metter and I have seen each other, but we have never been in the same room together when it comes to <laughs> doing these broadcasts. And so it really is a blessing to be able to be able to do that throughout the world in the way that we do. So, so Pastor Let's let's get into this Psalm 128 and I'm going to begin by just praying it. And that's a great thing that we've been doing as we've been digging in the Psalms is when you read the Psalm, you're praying. And so let's get praying Psalm 128. We'll end with the Gloria Patri and come back for some of our first thoughts on this wonderful Psalm. Psalm 128. We pray. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. 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 So, amen, Pastor, amen. as we look at, yeah, amen, three times. That's in the old uh, old TLH. You ever notice that right at the end? Amen, amen, amen. Oh, Anyways, amen. I, I divert. You know, <laughs> you know, how many times can we sing today? That made the next thing. Anyways, Pastor, Psalm 128, uh, give us, start us off. What what do you have to share with us, to background or other information? Well, the first thing we need to, we need to know that this is in this wonderful uh, section of Psalms. It runs between Psalm 120 and Psalm 134. These are called the Songs of Ascent. Uh, 
Um, these are, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to push the analogy too far, but if you've ever seen, or, you know, if you're ever in the service or you know someone who has been in the, in the military, they often have what they call cadences. You know, they, as they march along, they're singing, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but I've been told, I don't want to go too far because some of those can get, you know, way too inappropriate for uh, where we're at here. Um, but but and, and they do they, they do these cadences a to keep in step, but b to get them from point A to point B because when you're in full pack and you're trudging along, it can get kind of boring. Okay, so so these are two you know in, in in like the cadence is for the soldier who's marching in formation. This is the these are the cadences. These songs of ascent, these psalms of ascent, are the cadences that the faithful would march to as they were going up to Jerusalem. Now, now keep in mind uh, this. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna there's there's a verbal footnote that I have to enter in Th- this information. It, it comes from my uh, your and my dear friend Nabil Noor, uh, fourth yeah. vice president of Synod, uh, the uh, the Archbishop of Hartford, uh, the the Lutheran Archbishop of Hartford, South Dakota, and uh, and all around swell dude. Um, mm-hmm. You know he when when the faithful went to Jerusalem, no matter which direction from you know, where you were at on company rows, um, you were always going up. You would start at sea level and you would end up somewhere around 5,500 feet. It's not quite Denver and mile high, but you're going up. And, um, you know, and so, so if you've ever walked uphill, it takes a little bit of effort. Okay, so, you know, as you're walking up the hill, going from sea level uh, to to the to the top, um, you there there you need something to help pass and help focus you on why you're taking this journey and understand their ultimate destination, which which is is that which sits at the very top of of the mountain, the very top of the climb, which is the temple, which is that that point where in our uh, in, in Jewish theology, heaven and earth intersected there at the mercy seat. So they would go up and as they would go up, they would go up with joy. But as you see all of these other Psalms of Ascent, there's also Psalms of Confession. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, I, I'm, I'm not real big into, you know, writing my own liturgies, but I, I, I bet you could put together a, a pretty interesting liturgical setting out of these Psalms of Ascent. Um, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you're drawing near, as we're coming, but while we're not climbing 5,500 feet, each week the Holy Spirit gathers us together, he, he, he brings us in, and we ascend, we ascend the mount, wherever it is that he gathers you around word and sacrament, you ascend the mount, and we are coming to the last and final temple, which is Jesus Christ himself. And and as we see these psalms of ascent, it's interesting. They come, you know, these psalms of ascent. They come out of Psalm one nineteen, which is you know, which is this long acrostic mm-hmm. psalm, which kind of basically encompasses everything. So you come through that, and now we're climbing up to engage God Himself, the, the God who comes to meet us. And and so you 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 have this 
this is the um, this is the entrance hymn, if you will, the introit, as we're coming, as we're being led by the Holy Spirit into God's presence, to the mercy seat, not bringing our sacrifices, but to receive the body and blood of the one who has been the once for all sacrifice for us, Jesus the Christ. Well, I, I think three amens are appropriate to what you just said. Amen, amen, amen. Um, because it really does bring us full, the fullness of everything comes together in these Song of Ascents. One, that call to worship, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. They were being called. They walked up, went up to the temple. And if you if you don't see Psalm 128, if you don't see it with Christ as, as the, well, the one who gives the gifts, as we would say, um, it really, it really, it brings the fullness of the understanding of this psalm. And I found it interesting, too, that Martin Luther, when you look at reading the psalms with Luther, connects this psalm as well to the state of marriage. This is a psalm of comfort, which highly exalts the estate of marriage. And it is, as he says, splendidly praised, which that really, I thought, brought a, a a fullness to this as well as as to understand, especially in our world, how can we uplift marriage? And these words tell us about being blessed. So here, here here's here's a question, Pastor. Before we go any further, uh-huh. um, it says the word that begins with this word B L E S S E D. Should I should we be pronouncing that blessed or blessed? What do you think? You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like being it's kind of like being a Cardinal fan going to the World Series seventh game of the World Series where the Cardinals are going to uh, the Cardinals are going to win. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at; you're just in the building, okay? You know, and and whether you pronounce it, you know, you're you're, you're probably if you pronounce it blessed, you're probably a little more sanctified than I am, you know. Um, but but blessed, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. Um, you know, notice, notice it is, there is a receptivity in this. I think this is the key. However, you, you know, tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. Um, but it, 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 whether you are blessed or blessed, understand there is a passivity in our part. A blessing mm. is received. Okay. So, so, you know, it just, just look at that word in context, blessed, receive, you know, we receive this blessing from what the fear of the Lord and what is the, what, what is, what, what do both the Psalms, you know, this, the Psalms say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Correct. And, and this is not, you know, and, and then, then you realize that in the Proverbs, wisdom is personified and it's talking about Jesus. Okay. So, so, so what we're doing, whether you are blessed or blessed, the reality is it is something you have received from God by grace. This is not something that you've done. And this is, this is where our ascent is different than the ascent of the, the, the where our ascent is different than the ascent of, of our Jewish friends or anyone who wants to rely on their own efforts. You know, uh, in, you know as we just got done singing, not, not all the blood of, of, of bulls and goats on altar slain are going to make us right with God. We're not going to be blessed because we took little lammy up and offered and, 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 and her in front of the altar. Um, we're blessed because... 
Christ is that Lamb of God. We have received this blessing, and then it changes the way we live. See, this is yeah, this weekend. Um, I'm preaching a very dangerous sermon at our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. They're a congregation mm-hmm. marking their 80th anniversary, and they chose you know they they chose as their theme verse for their anniversary Lamentations three twenty two and twenty three, talking about how God doesn't change, and that is absolutely true. God never changes, and and that's a great thing, so we're never going to lose him. Now, we can turn our back on him, but he's never going to abandon us. But the reality is that God, who is changeless, is the one who changes us. Mm. And that gets very dangerous for us. Um, In the same way that the fear of the Lord is dangerous to our inward-turned human nature. When we are looking out for numero uno, the guy in the mirror where we shave or the gal in the mirror who brushes her teeth, you know, that's the one that's the one we normally want to fear, love and trust in. And what happens is that's not blessed. That's never blessed. What we see when we stare into the when we stare intently into the mirror of God's law is how far off from blessing we are the antithesis of blessed. And yet how the how the fear of the Lord the, the 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 knowledge, the trust, the understanding that 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 turned in guy is only deserving of death and condemnation, not just now but eternally. But God has fixed it. God has flipped the script at the cross. As, as again, as my as my buddy uh, Nabil and his good friend Peter Krauski say, the hinge of history. It turns the door open. And now that fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, sees that our true blessing is that that one who I used to worship myself is now been replaced by the one who is worthy of all worship and who's called me into his presence by grace. This is uh, this is a psalm that really connects well to how we ended Matthew. Like you said, a God that does not change changes us. And that ending of Matthew 28, and, and Pastor David Boyce, Claire, and I had a, just a great study. Of course, he he just brings so much wisdom to the room when he, when he's he looks rock, us up he, and he, studies He's this. a thy strong word rock star. Be, beyond belief, yeah. yeah. I want to grow up and, to and, be I want to be I want to grow up to be the perfect combination of Lakomsky and Boyce Claire. That's my goal. So, okay. Well, we'll keep praying for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so but it ends with this the words of promise. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And that promise, he's with you, but it's not like just like, like a buddy who happens to be there or a friend, even though he does call us friend in Scripture. But it is it is the changeless God who, who changes us and gives us his righteousness, as Scripture tells us. And that leads us into this psalm. So let's do this, Pastor. Before we get to our first break in about five minutes, let's get to the first two verses and let's talk more about this blessing that you've been talking Mm -hmm. about. So verses one and two. Blessed or blessed, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Before you give any context of those first two verses here, Pastor, I do want to make sure that we understand blessed. We know that that's a gift from the Lord that we simply receive. 
Um, and we hear that all the time. People say, I am blessed. And that means that I haven't done the work. It's someone else has given it to me, which is a Lord. Secondly, it says, who fears the Lord. I want to make sure we have that well laid out de- definition-wise. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, you know, and, and, and this is big for us Lutherans because, you know, uh, Luther trots it out in the commandment, in, in his explanation of the commandments, to fear and love. And, and, and you, your initial response is, whoa, 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 whoa. Per, what, doesn't the scripture say perfect love drives out all fear? How do these go together? Well, and I, I think this is where the gift that we have received comes to fear the Lord is to understand what we deserve and what God gives us. What we deserve is justice. And if you want a just, fair God, you are in trouble. Because if you have a just, fair God, you're, the suffering and, and, and judgment and condemnation is, is, is coming your way. Because we understand who we are. So we fear the, the law should, in its right, even, it should terrify it should terrify us because I know what happens. I, I look in the mirror of God's law and I see all of the ugliness within me. And yet, as I see that, then Jesus steps in. He covers me with his righteousness. And rather than getting what I deserve, which is justice, I receive mercy. I get what I don't deserve. And what I don't deserve is God himself who takes my place so that I can live for him. And, and, and so, so that fear is, is, gives way to trust. I know that this awesomely magnificent God, you know, who made Sinai rumble and at whose death the ground shook and the earth quaked and split and the, the bodies came, of the saints came out, that same all-powerful, awesome God is the God who is for me, not against me. He's the one who has, who has a track record, and that's the beauty of studying the entirety of the Scriptures, is we see we have a track record of a God who shows mercy, who loves us enough to not cast us aside like we deserve, but to bless us in mercy and grace in ways we don't deserve. And, and, and he doesn't just do it once. Follow Israel and understand that every time Israel misbehaves, that's us. Every time God lays the smack down on us, on them, that's us. Every time he restores, that's us. He did it through Israel, through the prophets. He does it for us through Jesus. Now, in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. And we see that this is a God who, while he is fearful, is one that we can love because he loved us first. Mm. So when we fear the Lord, we are blessed. And it speaks about walking in his ways. And this is one of those realities we can get get lost in 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 some of the lingo when we're like, "Whoa, well, wait a second! Walk in His ways. I fail. Therefore, is this exempt? Or what is He speaking about? You're blessed. You fear the Lord, and you walk in His ways. Are we getting too law driven in this? Or what would you say? No, no. When you understand what does Jesus say about Himself, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. The idea behind this, the word, the word in there where it says his ways actually understands is, is actually the well-trodden path. Okay. Now I know you're up in North Minnesota, Minnesota North. So therefore, um, you know, you know, spring comes on a Thursday, I think. Right. Um, you know, and, and summer is summer is a couple of weeks later and then winter starts again. So you guys know what it like, you know, you know, when, when you're little and you try and get across, you know, when you're trying to cross the pasture after a big old deep snowfall. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, if you're, if you've got short little legs and you're, you're trying to walk across the pasture, that's got several snowfalls worth of snow on it, it's going to be a trudge for you. And eventually you might get tired. You might get stuck. So what, what happens, what's best for you is dad walks in front of you and he busts it up and creates a path, a well-worn path that we can follow. And as we stay on that path, our journey becomes easier. When we wander off of it, we get stuck, you know, and, and that's the, that's the way we are, you know, what, what is it? You know, what, we are disciples. A disciple is a follower. Jesus is the first fruits of the first fruits of the dead born from the dead. That means there will be those who follow. He's busted the sod. He's laid, he's blazed the trail. We, we don't know where we're going because of, of, of our own, we're blind dead enemies of God. He blazes the trail and we follow. And, and, and that's where, you know, we're walking. This is not about, this is not about us trudging our way through so that when we get there, we can ring the bell and say we won, you know, like some kind of spiritual ninja warrior. Uh, But no, we're simply following where our Lord has already blazed the trail. And therein we find the blessing. We, We have a journey that is far easier than anything we could have ever done on our own. We want to talk more about that, but right now we need to take our break. We are studying and praying the Psalms with Pastor Nathan Metter, and we'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back. We are studying and praying Psalm 128 with Pastor Nathan Metter. And Pastor, we have gotten through the first verse, and that first verse, I think, encompasses everything as we go through the next five, because it speaks of the blessing, it speaks about what we receive, it speaks about the the realization of what we deserve, as you said, justice in comparison to what we get, which is the forgiveness and love from our Lord, and from that, he has, quote, paved the way for us to live this life in holiness and righteousness forever. So, Pastor, anything else on verse 1? 
one as we've gone through so far? Well, you know, all due, with all due respect, you know, this is where this is where the Psalms are completely un-American. You know, uh, <laughs> the American spirit want the 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 American spirit wants to take the road less traveled. Okay, and mm-hmm. and yet what we want is the road that Jesus traveled. And you know, you want that you want that path that's that's trodden down by the nail scarred feet of Jesus. Um, now, it may not be as exciting. It may not, you know, it may not be as adventuresome, although anybody who says it's not is lying. Um, But we want that road more trodden by Jesus, not the road that, you know, there's a reason why, you know, again, you know, why does, you know, why does the road that leads to destruction narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And it is so narrow that it's the, it's the width of Jesus shoulders. Um, And he he is the one who blazes the trail for us. And that's the important thing. Again, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, just in the same way that our Jewish friends who would sing these songs of ascent would be fixing their eyes on the temple as they climbed the hill. And so that's what we're doing. As we, as we, are, trod, as we are trudging along this well-trodden path, fearing and loving and trusting in God above all things, we have in focus the temple, which is Jesus. And you can almost feel it that it speaks. I read one commentary on this. I spoke about this was a psalm called a pilgrim song that they probably yeah. recited once they actually saw the temple in the distance. They saw the mountains of Jerusalem mm-hmm. out there. And it was a reminder for them that they are blessed because, like you said, that road is narrow to righteousness. Mm-hmm. And often we can make it sound like, oh, it's just an awful road to be on. And the psalmist while they were traveling down this narrow path to Jerusalem, would have been reminded of the blessing to be able to sing that, to receive that, and to know that the Lord had truly blessed them and has blessed their walking toward this holy temple, which obviously we know when we walk towards Christ, we are truly blessed as mm-hmm. well. So there, I mean, it just comes together so great. Um, Pastor, well, think, about, think, too, think, too, think too about the generations of feet that had trodden that path. It may not be very wide, but as as generations of feet have taken that path, it's become more worn. The path may be narrow, but by nature, it's going to be smoother because it's going to be well worn. You know, and that's the joy we have, you know, the, for the, you know, for the first time in human history, the local congregation has five living and active generations in it. You know, mm-hmm. the church has never had this. The church has never had this. So that's why it is critically important that you never, oh, we're going to kowtow to the youth or we're going to kowtow to the, the, the aged. No, we're all in this journey together. Some have just trodden the path a little more often than others. So let's go to the next verse, which speaks about the fruit of the labor of your hands. It says, you shall eat the fruit of your labor of your hands, which makes me kind of hungry at this hour, um, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Um, it extends just with, okay, here's where you're walking, but also speaks about the fruit of the labor. Are we getting back into works righteousness here, or what's happening, Pastor? No, we're going back to, we're gonna, we're going back to the purpose of our creation. This is stewardship, baby. 
This is stewardship, mm. man. This is what we were created for. And, and and so, you know, remember, man, you know, God had the divine staff meeting in heaven, and they said, let us make man in our image. That doesn't mean that God looks like us. It means we were created to reflect him. So as we are going, oh, now, now we're starting to sound like Matthew 28. As we are going, we are mm. reflecting the will of the one who made us and the one who called us. Adam and Eve were created to be stewards to reflect the will of the creator within the creation, incarnationally, okay? You and I are now restored to that in our stewardship of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we steward that not, uh, we steward that not in, in the way that we're going, as we are living out and reflecting the image of the, 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 the image of the invisible God that's been revealed to us and been put on us in holy baptism. So as we are going along the way, we are laboring in a priestly kind of labor. That's what a steward does. And we are, we are laboring for the sake of the gospel. And our chief task is to reflect Jesus to those around us. And, you know, and then we talk about, you know, we're going to be blessed and it's going to be well with us. This, does, this doesn't mean that, you know, if, as long, you know we're going to, all going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya and nobody's ever going to have, you know, a toothache or a headache or, or, or cancer. What it means is we know where we're going and why we're here. We are here to reflect the one who has overcome our greatest enemies, including sin and death. And as we are reflecting it, we're also going to receive the joy of having other people look at us and say, hey, how do I get that? And we just and we point just like the Jews would point up the hill to the temple. We point to Jesus. And it continues with you know, so you see the fruit of the labor, which we we know that there's work to be done. Like you said, this is stewardship, right. but we right. know that it comes from the Lord, and right. that that aligns much with your stewardship work. So if someone comes to you and say, "But I did it, um, I've seen it. It's my labor. It's my fruit." How would you make sure that we're looking at that faithfully, so we don't well, lose God in the process? What are your thoughts, especially in context of the psalm? All right, Brady Finner, and take your collar off. You're just Brady Finner and General Joe Schmo, okay? All right. And you're going right, to sit there, and 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 I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm. A, I want you, real quick. And of course, we don't want dead air. So I want you to think out loud. I want okay. you to think what your your most treasured possession is. So if what would you say your most treasured possession is? Oh my. So I'm going to move aside and make sure that everyone knows that obviously my family is my mm -hmm. most treasured possession. But for the sake of fun, as we're talking right mm -hmm. here, I would say it's the, the, the autograph of Dave Winfield's rookie card that I received two years ago. That's my most treasured Ooh, possession. No, make nice. sure my family, that, mm -hmm. that's there. That's above that. Don't anyone question that. But yeah, the Dave Winfield autographed baseball right. rookie card. Yes. I'll go I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to prove to you that it's not yours. Okay, go for it. Psalm 24, verse 1, the, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mm. You don't own it because you didn't make it. If you didn't make it, you don't own it. All you do is manage it. All you do is steward it, not for your glory, but for the glory of the one who made you. So can you be a steward of that Winfield rookie card? Absolutely. 
Um, you know, uh, you know, I would much rather have a Stan use your rookie card, but that's another story. <laughs> um, you know, or, or, or El Hombre, you know, the, the, the Pujols. Um, but, but the reality yeah, right. is that the reality is, you know, there, there becomes value in that. You could, you know, you can hold it up and, 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 and say, Hey, look, you can illustrate your baseball fanness, or you can illustrate its value and you maybe be able to trade it for braces for one of your kids, or True. maybe you need to yeah. sell it because, you know, because college ain't getting cheaper. Um, and, and those kind of things. So, so what you, you manage it in such a way for the sake of those entrusted to your care. Just like you, as you and I, as pastors. Well, you're a parish pastor. I'm a district shill. Uh, but you, as a parish pastor, you man, you you are a steward of the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the sake of those entrusted to your care. Moms and dads, you are, uh, you know, as a as a as a husband and a father, you are entrusted with the care of your bride and your offspring, uh, and and as a result of that, you you do everything in your life for. God's glory and their benefit. And, and, and that's the whole point. You know, when we are walking this well-trodden path, laboring in this priestly function of reflecting the will of God to those around us, that's when we receive our blessing. And the blessing, you know, we, you, know you may not ever get rich selling that Winfield rookie card, Okay. I don't know what God's purpose is going to be with that Winfield rookie card. You know, yeah, who knows? Um, it, you know, but but you know, you you know, you know, you treat it differently than you know some third string catcher uh, from the Reds three years ago uh, out of out of a tops package. You know, those kind of things. And and yet, how you manage this shows how you value it how you labor for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of your family in the eyes of Christ, that shows the value of it. And again, as you do this, people are watching you and, and they lead you to the point where, where they say, wait a minute, see, this is the whole thing. I really, I, I, I really believe, I, I'm really working on this whole idea that, that it does the church no good to demand our rights. We need to live in such a way, we need to live like the exiles did in Babylon, where we are a defined community, because we are defined by word and sacrament, but we also engage the world as best we can. You know, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all became advisors to the ruling class, not because they demanded their rights, but because they wanted to be, they wanted to be good citizens. They lived in the kingdom of the left for the glory of God. And that's what we need to be doing. And what happens in, you know, what happens as they simply went about, you know, Nebuchadnezzar got a little too big for his britches. And what happened? Uh, Daniel laid it on him and he ended up eating grass like an ox. Okay. He didn't demand his rights, but at the same time, he continued the well, well, well trodden path. When, when, when he was told he couldn't pray, he went up into the room, he opened his windows and faced east. He just prayed. He didn't protest. He just prayed. And I think therein lies where we as the church, we need to live and serve and steward the gospel as exile missionaries wherever we are. And I think and as, as we are making the ascent to when our Lord returns. Let's continue in verses three and four. As we look at the family, verse three, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. 
Your children will be like all of shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall be the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And I want to start this way as Luther writes, Psalm 128, mm-hmm. Merit partners are given this great comfort. They should not only they shall not look only at the trouble, work, discouragement, and discomfort they feel and experience in marriage. Sound familiar on any TV show? But rather, look at the gracious will of God toward them, that their station in life are a gracious creation of God and blessed by him. Therefore, marriage is dear to him, and he gives it much more happiness and blessing than discomfort if one believes and adapts oneself to marriage and faithfully remains within it. Great words for us in our culture today, Pastor. What do you have to add to what Luther says? Well, I go back, you know, I go back to my work in stewardship. What's the first labor that God really lays on Adam and Eve? What's the first thing he says? Be fruitful, fruitful. and multiply. I have created you. So, so, this, so, so this is where we see, and we see all of this. This is community. The, 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 the husband, wife, child relationship. That is the core of all community. It's the core of, it's the core of the worshiping community because the father was the priest in the, in, in the, in the, in the household. And then as an extension, the priesthood became fathers to the nation. And, and in the same way, this is what you, this is the role that I play for Joseph, Bethany and Andrew. That's the, that's the role that you play for, for your wife and your children. So, so we see this not as a drudgery, but as a great source of blessing. I just spent this, this was the first Easter Sunday in 25 years that I was not placed locally as a pastor on Easter. I didn't have a parish. So we actually went to Baltimore where my son is a teacher. And uh, my son is a teacher. He, he directs bands and teaches choir or directs bands and choirs and teaches theology at uh, Concordia Prep in Baltimore. So I was we were able to be but all five of us were together in one spot. And, and it's amazing how blessed we were. Now, do they bicker? Yes, because they're siblings. Siblings always bicker. But you saw the blessing of being in the core community, you know, what it means to be redeemed and matter at the same time. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I, I pity and sometimes I get angry with people who who see marriage and family as drudgery. You know, because, you know, you know, now, are there husbands who are adults and, you know, and, and who, who make marriage drudgery for their spouse and children? Yes. Are there wives who are shrews who, who make make marriage drudgery for their husband and their children? Yes. Are there children who are little snot brats who make marriage? Yes. But that's the sign of sin. It doesn't mean the institution is bad. But this is the core of where we do our labor. We do our labor in uh, the the immediate part of the vineyard where we are. This is where you are that laborer and you find the greatest blessings. You labor for the kingdom right there in the midst of the community where God has put you, your household. This is why every home needs an altar, a family altar. 
you know, you're not sacrificing goats there, but you gather around the word and you pray for one another and you forgive one another and you restore one another and you labor together with one another. And as you do that, then you feel the blessing of having Christ at the center of that institution of marriage, which is interesting because, you know, if you know, we remember the story of Luther, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, everybody, we, we go to Kitty, my rib, you know, he, he treasured her, but that's the last thing he wanted to do was marry her. You know, had she not pursued him, you know, had she not pursued, you know, who, you know, who, you, you don't want any of these men I brought you. Who do you want? You father Luther. Oh my gosh. Oh my. You know, here's this confirmed bachelor. <laughs> and yet in the end, what does he find? He finds the greatest fulfillment in marriage. If your children are afraid of marriage, you need to do a better job of catechesis, teaching them what a blessing marriage is. Is it work? Yes. Does it cause tears? Yes. That's because every man marries a sinner. Every woman marries a sinner and they give birth to little sinners. And yet Mm. when God is at the center of it, redeeming and restoring it, the fruit and blessing are beyond comprehension. And it says that just in, in, in beautiful language, like a fruitful vine within your house, which is something yeah. that I think we all, I mean, this is just great. It's a great reminder for us on how we should speak about our spouse, um, especially us as husbands to our wives and our children, like all of shoots around the table. What does that mean? What do you think when you first hear that? Like all of shoots around the table. What do you think? They grow like weeds. They eat, they eat you out of house and home. See, you still got young kids, at least mine are older now, you know, and, and you know, right. two of the three of them are out of the house and you're doing, they're doing their own thing. It's like, you know, it's like all of a sudden I look around my, my, you know, my, my youngest is a freshman at St. Louis university down there in St. Louis. Um, right. My grocery bill has plummeted. It's amazing. Cause they don't eat like, you know, you know, I, the two boys I had, you know, their left legs were hollow, you know, they would you know, eat dinner and then, you know, 20 minutes later, what's, for, what, what's for snack, you know, but but they're they're growing and they and then in turn and here this is the thing I've learned there is no greater joy you know I remember you know the accompli- the very few athletic accomplishments I had as a kid but I also remember the academic you know those kind of you you remember your accomplishments but but the pride you have in the accomplishments of your children mm-hmm. crushes your own. You know, uh, my oldest son, who is a musician, he plays the organ and all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and yet he 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 doesn't sports, and uh, and and you know he he thought for the longest time that I was disappointed in him that he didn't play ball. Okay, baseball, football, bat, you know those kind of things. He plays, but ne- never competitively. You know, and and I said, he says, "Are you disappointed in me?" I said, "Are you nuts?" I said, "Have you ever heard what happens when you fire up that organ?" You know, whatever community he moves into, he's he's the top two or three organists that in that community, you know, right. and that would include St. Louis. You know, uh, you know, uh, I think I just created some fighting words amongst the music ministers in St. Louis. But the reality <laughs> is when he gets up there, you know, and, and that was one of the things he played. the He's the organist at the church where we worshiped on Easter Sunday. You know, and he takes mm-hmm. this and he, he he pulls together this ragtag uh, brass quartet. And it, it turns into beautiful music. And I'm thankful that I have a cassock and surplus on because my buttons are busting underneath. Yeah, you know, right. so that's where we find the great joy. And when your children confess that they, oh, Brady, I think back of when I baptized my children and I confirmed my children, I bawled mm. like a baby. 
Absolutely. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I because I know that that they have received from me the greatest treasure, and it's now their own. Mm. And and I don't have to nag my children about going to church. My college freshman living in a guy at dude's dorm divides his time between Hope in the City and Village in Ladue. It's not. Mm. It's not. Did you go to church this weekend? It's. Where'd you go to church this weekend? Or better yet, he usually sends me a text. He says, Dad, you're not going to believe this. I sat next to President Harrison in church. You know, those kind of things. <laughs> you know, so, so that's the, and when you hear that as a dad, a Christian father, you go, yeah, I am so blessed. Like you said, blessed. Thanks be to God. As it says, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So that's my encouragement Mm -hmm. to you fathers out there. Um, May the Lord remind us all that we are blessed. For mothers, clearly in the same way, and children as well. Pastor, we have about six minutes left in our time. I want to get to these last two verses because I think they really relate with our Easter season. Verses five Mm -hmm. and six. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Pastor, we are in the midst of Easter, beginning of Easter, I should say. And I think this connects wonderful because this involves Jerusalem, involves Zion, and it involves peace. What do you want to, where do you want to start in those two verses? Well, let's, let's, let's first understand, it, just like we started that blessing is from outside of us, we are finishing, that we, we are finishing the psalm that blessing, blessing is from outside of us. It, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't turn inward to find blessing. In fact, you read the scriptures. By the way, if anybody ever tells you to follow your heart or trust your heart, read what the scriptures say about your heart. It is a cesspool. What you need is blessing from God to change your heart. Create in me a new heart, O God, says David in Psalm 51. Okay? So this blessing comes from Zion. This is God's holy hill. The blessing comes down from God and rolls down the hill like thunderous rain and lightning. It washes over us, not to destroy us, but to bless us. Okay? And, you know, and, and remember, this is an arid country. Okay, it's usually hot and dry, but when it rains, the land comes to life. When the rain falls from the skies, when God blesses with rain, it greens up, and it, it, it and, and it, it that's the prosperity. And what happens is, think about this. Remember, peace. And let, let's just jump to the end. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace, shalom, in Hebrew, that is restoration, and wholeness. So when the rain falls from Zion, comes from God down the hill to us and then through us, you know, and we are alive, we are alivened again. We are renewed and refreshed for the very labor that we have been assigned. Remember, under after because you know we're living now after Genesis three prior to Christ's return when we go back to the garden read Revelation twenty one and twenty two hint hint um, you know when we go back to the garden before we're there it can be tiresome to to be laboring and yet the refreshment comes from the Lord this is why moms and dads get your kids 
to the feast, the, 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 the ongoing feast that is the Feast of Peace from the Garden. This is why you need to be in church every Sunday. You need the Sabbath rest from your labors. It's not the Sunday afternoon nap while you're watching golf. That rest from your labors is the burden that God takes off of you when God's man says, in the stead and by the command of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's taking that burden off of you because Christ has already done it. You don't have to bear it anymore. You need that rest. And as that, and, and then we are refreshed as the burden is taken off of us. We stand a lot taller and we go back out onto that well-trodden path to bear the fruit that God has given us to bear. And we see the, and the prosperity of this, this wholeness of it, you know, and, and, and it's generational. This peace isn't here once and then gone forever. It's not use it or lose it. You know, the, 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 the wheel of fortune bankrupted, you know, like the, old, like the old wheel of fortune back in the days when they used to shop. You know, once you bought a prize, it was yours to keep. You know, you, oh, if right. you didn't, yeah. if you hit bankrupt, you didn't lose it. So here's what happened. And we hit bankrupt all the time. The bankruptcy, the, the bankrupt thing on, on the wheel comes around. Wah, 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 wah. But we don't lose. We are just restored. Hmm. Christ owns us. We're bought with a price. The only way we can't lose him, we can walk away from him. That's a willful decision, but we don't lose him. And we see this prosperity over and over again. And what is, but what is that, that peace and prosperity only comes from our proximity to Zion. Get yes, we have about, where Zion is. Get where Zion is. And you don't have to go. You don't have to get on a plane and fly to Jerusalem for that. You just go to your go to that altar that God has assembled you around, to that community that He's defined you in, and that's where you'll find that peace and prosperity that David's talking about here. Pastor, a minute left in our time. How would you summarize this wonderful psalm and encourage our listeners? Oh well, it starts out this way: Look up. Look up. You know, we're, we're climbing the hill. It's hard. You know, some, you know, um, I've lost 57 pounds since the beginning of February. So it's a lot easier to walk, but I still get tired. I still get tired. I can't do it on my own, but I still keep going up the hill. Why? Because I know I fear the one who is, who is, who is so mighty, but I love that one. And I trust that one who has done such mighty things for me. I know when the Holy Spirit leads me up the hill to Mount Zion, I will not be disappointed. So look up. The world that we live in is, is, is worse and getting worser. But Zion, it's up there. And you get to go there every week and receive this blessing every week. Don't turn your back on it. Look up. Go up. Be blessed. Pastor Nathan Metter, Executive Assistant for Mission and Mercy for the South Wisconsin District, given us God's strong word in study and prayer from Psalm 128. Pastor Metter, thank you for bringing us his gifts. You are very welcome. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. A blessed Easter to all of you. We'll see you at Sherathon tomorrow, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.